world. Hello, I'm Ritzy Bryan, I'm from the Joy Formidable, and this is my record. Well, I grew up in uh, very rural North Wales, and I was an only child, just with a dog, and my parents were very music passionate, and they'd amassed quite the vinyl collection. When I was little, I would spend my days playing out in the fields, playing with my dog, didn't have that many friends. And the other thing I did is I used to like to go through their record collection. So, got to A, <laughs> and found this record, picked it out, and it was a seven inch of Aztec camera. We could send letters. My mum and dad had really good music taste. Just close your eyes again Until these things get better At that point, at that age, I picked up a guitar by then and got into quite a lot of songwriting and I don't know, there was something that connect, you know, quite a big kind of connection hearing that somebody had put out this cool seven inch and you know they were still like really young so I don't know that kind of stuck with me I suppose that he could have something somebody so young could have something so beautiful and romantic and I think I was really um drawn to his I guess he reminded me of a little bit of what I was dabbling with lots of like interesting chord changes and suspended chords minor sevenths and all that sort of stuff Plus, um, at the time, this was back in the in the 80s, he was out supporting Elvis Costello at the time. And for me, like, at that age, Elvis Costello was, like, my complete musical deity. <laughs> like, so I was definitely thinking that, you know, Roddy Frame, Aztec Camera, was all pretty cool. So, let's fast forward. 2003 and I've just been nannying in Washington DC for two years and I'm a bit older now. It was a very, very strange time, but I wrote a lot. I always cite it as a really kind of interesting artistic time because I felt like I was kind of locked down in somebody's basement with nothing but a guitar. <laughs> so, so I get back to the UK and I connect with Mr. Davis, who I hadn't seen since school and he asks me if I want to go and audition for a band that he has out in Manchester. So I go audition and I get the gig. So I'm excited. I'm actually feeling like musically back in the game on some level, you know. We've got gigs lined up and releases and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, I get the gig. Not long after that, I go to Glastonbury. It was 2003 and I'm feeling very musically kind of inspired again and Roddy Frame is on the bill for Glastonbury 2003. I go go see him with my best friend just dying to pick up a guitar again get right in and my friend says do you want to go get some legal highs back you know in the day going to Glastonbury like every fucking ice cream van sold all sorts of things that you could stick up your nose or take or whatever all legal and I said to him you know I'm good 
I've had my fair share of all I don't want to do any legal highs. So he goes off and I go back on a cloud of creativity back to my tent in Glastonbury. And we're camping next to this couple um, and they look like they've been going to Glastonbury since it started in the 70s. They've definitely got some tales to tell and they feel like they're like well and truly in the Glastonbury vibe. They've ran out of water. I say to them, well, you give me your containers and I'll go down to the little tap at the bottom of the hill and I'll fill all your containers for you. So I get all the water and I bring it back up and deliver it to them. And they were very, very sweet and grateful. And as a thank you, they give me this joint. And they say, you know, go enjoy this and have a nice time. So I go and I smoke this joint and it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon and I'm nice and relaxed. I'm looking forward to the headliners that night. And then who knows what happens? Because all of a sudden uh, the farm has turned into a purple castle. There's a flock of seagulls flying around my tent. People's heads are flicking 360. There's rats on the floor. It's gone weird very, very quickly. And I think I'm starting to realise that, like, whatever I've just smoked <laughs> isn't what I thought it was going to be. So I enjoy it for a minute, but then I start feeling a bit wild, feel a bit ill. So I end up taking myself down to the first aid tent to get checked out because I'm starting to feel like I'm losing my mind, which can be good. Sometimes I prefer to lose your mind when at least you know why. You know, so I end up down at the first aid tent with this incredibly handsome doctor. His name's Dr. Gavin. Takes my blood pressure and my heart and measures all that sort of shit. The problem is, while he's trying to do all this, I cannot stop taking my clothes off. I just want to take everything off. So, so he's very sweet and very kind and eventually he tells me, you're just going to have to go back and sleep it off and you'll be all right. Mentally, you might be a bit askew for a little while. Go back, sleep it off, but I'm not right. And I'm not right for a really long time. I got talking to them the next day. They said it was a very expensive joint. I got it, the Brazilian root joint. Said it was worth thousands, the, the joint that they'd given me. So I don't know if it was fucking ayahuasca or something. Like, it was something mind-blowing <laughs> really. on the Monday I drive back up to North Wales and uh, I'm meant to go into rehearsals and uh, I can't remember anything I've ever written I can't remember anything that we were going to do in this new band basically being musically deleted is the only way that I can describe it. On top of all that, I'm still having some, <laughs> now I'm what I would perceive as wonderful <laughs> psychotic episodes of still like people's heads are spinning round and there's still a whole load of color and shape to life that I wasn't kind of expecting. And this goes on for like almost a whole year. Oh, man.
irony, I thought, was that Roddy Frame, his career and his path from being a 10 to 15 actually ended up being almost like the last musical thing that I ever heard before I kind of got reset. And I just always thought there was something fucking really ironic about that whole thing. I eventually relearn everything. It took a minute. And I we have a, obviously have a period in Ridgeon's band and that didn't quite work out. But then fast forward to eight years later since Glastonbury and we're actually on the main stage at Reading and doing our thing as the Joy Formidable. great day you know and obviously things have taken a different turn musically since then I can actually fucking remember you know chords and shit we do the set in Reading Festival and I'm backstage afterwards I'm having like a nice drink with some friends and uh, my friend introduces her friend and says oh this is <laughs> Gavin he's a doctor on site Day at the festival and I looked at him and I said I'm not very good at facial recognition at the best of time but the penny dropped and I said oh my gosh did you like look after this you know younger girl who was <laughs> at Glastonbury like eight years ago who couldn't stop taking the clothes off and he said oh yeah yeah I remember and I said I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm so embarrassed and that was Dr. Cavin, who I met up with a decade later after playing Reading Festival. Even if things go a little bit kind of off kilter, they have a strange way with enough love of music and enough determination, things have a funny way of still coming back round, even when you've been a dickhead. Hey, the Joy Formidable. Thanks for sharing your story for my record. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about? A subscription. So it's a chance for people to really dig in deep to our music, really. That's what it's about. Uh, it's, it lives on our Bandcamp page. Just go to thejoyformidable.com. All very clear there. You can visit thejoyformidable.com to learn more. If you enjoyed my record, join us next time when Ridian Doffett of The Joy Formidable tells us a story about his love for a Jeff Buckley song. To make sure you don't miss my record, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to rate and review us, too. Check out photos of our guests and connect on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search for My Record. That's one word. You can email us at myrecord at popcultworldwide.com. My Record is produced by PopCult. Executive producers are Dennis Shire and Lars Murray. Our editor-mixer is Willie Samuels, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.